boundless love and mercy. We'll be streaming live. Who became the sacrifice for everyone? Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome today. It's a, a cold day up here in Virginia this morning. We were around 30 degrees, and I took a nice long walk and looked at God's beautiful nature and uh, got back here to, to be here with you this morning. It's a true pleasure. We have a text before us uh, from the book of Acts today about Paul's conversion. And what I'm going to do with this is I'm going to utilize verses 1 through 20 of the ninth chapter of the book of Acts. And we're going to study the conversion of Paul. Conversion of his heart and life through the way of the cross. What I'm going to do is take three little chunks of that and uh, read those verses and then make a few comments on them and then come back to it as I conclude. So we're going to begin reading chapter 9 and verse 1 and 2. From the King James Version we hear, And Saul yet breathing out threats, and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest, and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. There ends a reading of verse 1 and 2. Here we, we discover the hatred of Paul for the Jerusalem Christians. He hates them enough to Make this arduous journey. And it was, and it was an arduous journey. It wasn't around the corner. It was 135 miles as the crow flies and Lord knows how much it was on the ground on foot, but it was a long way. And he was, he was mad at them and he was mad at Damascus Christians and Saul sets out to persecute them there. On the way, We'll see what happens to him. But here we discover as we begin his hatred in, the, in his heart. At verse 3 we read, As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, well, I'm Jesus, who thou persecutest. It's hard for thee to kick against the bricks. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man, but they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. So now I'm going to 
say there is a reading there of that particular portion of the text, verses 3 through 9 or so, and we make a little remark on that. We see this wonderful revelation that happens. We see what he sees. He sees a brilliant light, uh, blinding light from heaven. The Greek there is like a sparkling light of shafts of light that strike around him and, and, uh, he can see them as he, he falls to the earth. Uh, this, this revelation is, is, is powerful. He hears, he hears Jesus talking to him. And if you have a red letter version, you'll see, why are you persecuting me? Written there in Jesus' words. The traveling companions with him finally lead him into Damascus blind and he consumes neither food nor water for the next three days. The ninth verse says there. He's rendered, rendered powerless, blinded. He can't see. It's a powerful experience has come upon him there. Then we read on at the 10th verse. And there was a certain disciple of Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision. Ananias, and he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street, which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas of one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth, and hath seen in a vision a man coming named Ananias, coming in and putting his hand on him, that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I've heard by many of this man how much evil he has done to the saints in Jerusalem, and here he hath authority from the chief priests to bind all that call on thy name. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went his way, entered into the house, and putting his hands on him said, Brothers all, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way, as thou camest, hath sent me that thou must receive thy sight and be filled. With the Holy Ghost. And immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales, and he received sight forthwith and arose and was baptized. And when he received meat, he strengthened, and then was Saul certain days with the disciples which were at Damascus, and straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues that. He was the Son of God. There ends the reading at verse 20 there. The events of this visit, God appears, He appears in Damascus to one who is named Ananias. Few things you ought to know. Damascus is a bigger town than Jerusalem, twice as big. All roads up in Lebanon lead into it. It's a hub city. It's power there. 
Jerusalem is a little thing. Not, not nearly as, as, and very important to the Jews, but not to the, not to the, up there. Damascus was a big town and a bad place. But Christianity had already beat Paul there. Someone named Ananias, someone who followed the way, was there and was of the Lord and had and received a revelation from God. Go and minister to this this man named Saul. That's his Hebrew name, Saul. Paul is his Roman name. Paul is his given Roman name. Saul is his Hebrew name. Go, this one named Saul. Go minister. And he's reluctant to do that. He says, look, uh, I know this man's evil. I know his past. I know what he did. And Ananias is simply afraid to go. But God tells him, buck up. Uh, he assures Ananias that Saul is now a believer. Then Ananias goes on and makes this visit and lays his hands on Saul. The result is that Saul is healed of his, of his blindness. Uh, which is a weird thing because scales, it's like scales drop from his eyes, uh, kind of like he'd lost his contacts or something. I mean, he just all of a sudden was made whole in that, in that weakness and filled with the spirit. That's another thing that's interesting here. He just receives the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost power comes on him and, and it, 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 it first weakens him, then it strengthens him. And that's the end of the, end of the story there. Let me, let me just, make some comments on it. it it's like a the story of the beginning of the apostle paul is kind of like a big pizza i mean everybody can take a slice out of the same thing and everybody is going to get pepperoni i mean because that's the kind of pizza it is so another person could come to this tomorrow and take another slice out of this text and get something entirely different from what i saw in it but Conversion is, is what I see. A, a man converted is a beautiful and, and a wonderful thing. And you don't see it too often. I mean, you really don't. But when you do, you know it when you see it. Uh, Gary Busey, the, the actor, you may not know Gary Busey, but I've seen him do many roles. He's a great actor. Fell off a motorcycle and got hurt and banged up real bad and con- he's a convert. He converted. To the Lord. And there are many, by the way, use your internet for a good thing and put in there, <laughs> put in there, not that you don't, but put in there great Christian converts and let it come up and let, let you look at some of the people that the Lord is moving in today that you wouldn't think possible. Of course, there's many that are dropping away today too, which is a significant thing, but the converts is what we're interested in. I want to know, so I answer to a question. I want to know what happened to Paul to make him a convert. What happened to him? I mean, he confesses his vendetta, his hate. He was a persecutor, an inquisitor. He made havoc. He broke and entered Christian homes, locking them up. He was mean. Paul was a mean machine. And he came by early in his life. I mean, when they stoned Stephen, he was standing there like a hat check girl receiving the coats of the people that were stoning them. He was holding their garments so they could throw rocks at him. Oh, he, he, he was mean. 
he was mean. And he confesses to it. I mean, he, it's his job. And he begins his journey way up to Damascus. My gosh. And they were going to bring back the ones that they found up there. And he had enough men to do that and a, 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 a license to do it. And he was going to bring back a whole chain of them. I mean, it was going to be a whole line of them coming back. But uh, he encountered the reality of the Holy Spirit in his personal life. It changed him. WAP is different. Whole different ball game now. That's a convert for you. It's something, boy. When you see one, you, you, they, they always come out of left field, too. The Lord, the Lord loves the people you least think. You know, in World War II, the worst thing we could think of as people was the attack on Pearl Harbor. My God, we, we went, 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 overnight we hated the Japanese people. Just went into a spin about it. And the one we hate, the ones we hated the most were the pilots that flew down that mission. Snuck up on us on a Sunday morning and bombed our boys and per my God, we were mad. But then, the leader of that flight, Mitsu Fuchida, up there in Obama, with two other guys, was the head of the attack, and he pulled the window back on his old plane just about that that time when they began the attack. And shot a green flare in the air. He was the commander. He said, now we got them where we want them. Let's take them. And while we slept, they bombed us. Well, you know who became a convert after that years later? Mitsu Fuchida. If you look up on the internet, put him, Fuchida, F-U-C-H-I-T-A, dash Billy Graham in there. And, and look at the, what happened. Read about it. Mitsu Fuchida is a, Man of short stature, up underneath the elbow of Billy Graham, standing above him, remembering what God can do, how God can make a convert. Fuchita bought a Bible in a railway station, read about Jesus, and and, and heard people forgive him for what he did. And man, he was a convert. He was something. He was mean too, but then he was changed, 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 encountered the reality of the Holy Spirit in his personal life. I love a convert's confession. They become a witness. Paul becomes a witness, a martyr. It's scary to be a witness. A witness has to give evidence, has to show up at the day of the trial, has to get up on the witness stand and tell what they know and what they've seen. They have to give their personal knowledge and tell about their religious convictions. And Man, that's tough. I mean, that's hard to do. The church early in the, in the 1970s had a program called the Lay Witness Mission. It was a wonderful beginning for a powerful thing. Evangelists in Alabama started it. But the thing grew and grew and grew based on letting a bunch of lay people come to your church and tell you what God has done for them. Called the Lay Witness Mission. It's now operated by the Aldersgate Renewal Ministry. It's a wonderful thing. It used to be operated by the, uh, Board Global Ministers, but not anymore. All those guys got it now. And it's in good hands. When they come to your church, it could be a, a medical doctor, could be a school bus driver, could be an elementary school teacher, could be a doctor, could be a, anybody that come, that love the Lord enough to come to you and minister to you. They get together on Friday night and 
and then they get together again in the daytime on Saturday, and then Sunday morning they teach you and get up in front of you and the lay people tell you what Christ has done for them. Now, that's how I became a convert. I listened to an army colonel on a Sunday morning in a lay witness mission from Washington, D.C., tell us about Jesus and what Jesus meant to him. And I sat there listening to him. I said, this is no preacher that gets paid to do this. This is an honest man who's come a long way to tell me about Jesus. And I believe him. I believe him. And I became a convert. I became a convert. What, what does that mean? Well, it means that you give up and stop resisting God. That's all it means. Just quit, quit, quit pushing back on him all the time. Your witness is your, is your, is your life. Do you have a witness to the Lord? What the Lord's done for you? Sure you do. Well, that's what you need to share. Paul had that witness. I was an inquisitor. I hated the church, but now I'm building the church. See the difference in it? It's flip black hat. Oh, it's a wonderful thing to think about. His witness becomes his mission. And the mission becomes the main thing in his life. His witness and his mission. You got a witness too. You got a you got a mission. You don't 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 let's sit on the tax. Get get up and get going with it because it's what propelled you. It was was what moved you. It's what is worth worth it all. He he, he because he was made blind. He, he would let he had let himself be led from one place to another. That Holy Spirit working on him in the midst of that blindness. That began to make him into a malleable creature that could be led. Man, that thing, Paul, was led all over the world in his mission. Just by not resisting the impulses of the Lord. That same old Damascus, he would be lowered down over a wall one way. <laughs> Couldn't get away from there because it was so mad with him. But Damascus was where this began, a road to Damascus. He was a, a convert. That let himself be led. So, what happened? Well, that's what happened. That's what happened. That's the answer to the question I asked you when we began. What happened to Paul? Well, he became a convert. As beautiful as that is, he became a convert. Now, I want to read a hymn that I've got here that I think is kind of Sweet and special. It's called, uh, We've a Story to Tell the Nations. It's old mission hymn. Let me read it to you. We've a story to tell the nations that shall turn their hearts to the right. A story of truth and mercy. A story of peace and light. For the darkness shall turn to dawning and the dawning to noonday bright. And Christ's great kingdom shall come on earth the kingdom of love and light. That's a great hymn. Great hymn. Story to the, you have a story. Don't you have a story? Paul had a story. Mitsu Fuchida had a story. You got a story. I got a story. All God's children got a story. So you need to tell it. You need to tell it. Well, I'm wrapping up here. And I don't know if I've been long enough or not, but no matter. I'm just done. What I'm going to tell you is, um, close with a, with a word of prayer. And uh, thank you for letting me come to you this way and talk to you this way. It's a great joy to me. Great joy. 
I, I love you all very much, especially the people that work for the organization there, Ricky's off, Ricky and Mary Lucy and all y'all, you're just as sweet as you can be. Do love you. Let me pray. You have been reminded that Jesus Christ is your Lord and that you are God's servant. Now you are loved. You are forgiven. And you are empowered. And now you are sent to live a life as God's faithful witness. In Jesus' name, amen. God's mercy so amazes me To every generation He gives the joy of His salvation Oh, God's mercy so amazes me As I watch the world around me I can see His mighty hand Delivering His people From the evil in this land The wounded and the broken From the seed of Abraham And led them through the wilderness Into the promised land 